Welcome to the Journey Youth Podcast. Here's the place where you can catch up on past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates when new messages go live. I hope you enjoy it. All right, guys. So I have known Robin since two years old, I think. No, maybe? We grew up at the same church. Um, we have a long history of friendship. And we want to talk to you about the time when we didn't talk at all, actually, which was our high school experience. Um, I just wanted to tell you a little bit of how I used to act and what's happened since. Because um, we've been talking about identity and we've been talking about transformation and what happens when truth comes in and what happens when our old self literally dies. So I want to tell you a little bit about my old self. And um, most of you have been here. I think there's only a couple people um, that haven't been here. Um, so welcome back. But active journaling, is a, that's what I have been teaching you guys about asking Holy Spirit to really just let, let him in on your heart and vice versa. Um, and so that's how I get all these things is I journal with God and I'm like, all right, Jesus, what do you want to say to everyone? So um, on the 19th of December, I had talked to Anna and Michael about coming and speaking to you guys about identity like a a little while. We had a a little bit of preparation. (laughs) Um, But one of the first stories that God wanted me to say was, so I was homeschooled until eighth grade and in eighth grade, I went into public school. Um, let's see, summing me up. I was very loud, really, really loud. Like, pretty obnoxious loud. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like serious. Adults didn't really like, some adults didn't like me because I was very, I was, I'm telling you, like you could hear me right outside the door if I was gonna walk in. Um, so I was very loud, very opinionated, and definitely thought the way that I thought was superior to pretty much anyone. Um, will you show this, the first slide, the contempt slide? All right, contempt. The feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless or deserving scorn. I lived a very two-faced life. So I grew up in a Christian home. I was raised with all of those principles And I said that I loved Jesus. I had so much contempt in me. So the the story that I want to share is I was downstairs with my friend, and we were on the computer. This was going to date me. MySpace was our Facebook or our Instagram. So I had a MySpace, and there was a guy who was in sixth grade, I think, he was messaging me a lot. And so the way that I acted was, I was super nice on this side of my face to every single person. And then behind everyone else's back, whoever I was with, I was just a brat, to say it plainly. Um, I was super mean and malicious, filled with contempt, thinking that my, my way was way better and that I could do anything that I wanted. So my friend and I thought it'd be really hilarious to message this guy and tell him, because he had expressed interest in me, and to tell him that I would date him. On our end, it was an absolute joke. 
We were laughing at him the entire time. I mean, contempt, okay? The, the, the feeling that a person or thing is beneath consideration, is worthless, is deserving scorn. That's how I was acting towards this one guy who liked me and I decided to say, yeah, I'm gonna date you. <laughs> and then three days later, I told him it was all a joke and I remember getting into high school, like he was, he was hurt. So what happened was I messed with somebody's heart for a joke because I was filled with contempt and had no idea what I was, I had an idea, I was mean. So my idea was that I was gonna make a joke and my joke was more important than somebody's heart. This was kind of how my high school was. One side of my face wanted everyone to like me and generally I did want everyone to like me. But I, I didn't know how to do relationship because I hadn't learned yet about this. Will you um, do the next slide? Respect. Thanks. A feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. Respect is something that I thought people only gave me because I walked around very high and mighty, thinking that I knew love, but acting with contempt towards many, many people. I ruined a lot of friendships by being filled with this idea that I was in fact better than people in front of me. I remember another story where this kind of started to change in my head. I was um, a, a junior, no I was a sophomore in high school and I had been friend, really good friends with a senior and all of a sudden he just stopped talking to me. And so I went up to him and I was like, hey, what just, what happened? And I remember him saying, Rachel, you act like you have the highest horse of everyone here. So if you wanna to talk to me, you need to get off your horse. And I, <laughs> I remember at the time I felt just appalled. How the heck could he say that to me? What do you mean I was on a high horse? What do you mean I, I didn't know how to relate to people? Like, who are you? Who are you? I had no concept of that, of who they were of the fact that every single person that I was interacting with had a heart, who was saved by the same Jesus I said I loved, who was died for just like me. <laughs> Contempt versus respect. Respect is something now I'm so thankful. Robin has taught me so much about respect. The way that she communicates with people is it's amazing. I am so thankful to have a friend like her who challenges me to act with respect and honor towards every single person that I meet. To actually care about your heart and your heart and your heart and everyone's heart over me getting a laugh or me making my horse higher. But being invited to step off of my high horse so that I can be with all of you and not think I'm better than anyone because that's a big joke. <laughs> that's a big joke. So I was making jokes on other people, but actually the joke's on me, right? Because what happened in my experience was that I became, I put myself as a savior to people. 
Like, and I would, I, I would attract broken people. I would attract people that were having horrendous things happening to them and they would open up. And I know that that's a part of, of how God's transformed my story and that still happens because now there's a, a way that I can actually see them, not for me saving them, but me literally showing them like, okay, well, we got the same Jesus, so let's, let's learn what that means in your life. Just like he taught me that being filled with contempt was so sad and it was making his heart so sad because I was missing the people that he placed in front of me. Every person that you are placed in front of, they are significant. They are not just another person. I was the bully that never got caught. Because I think that bullying looks like gossip. It looks like talking about somebody right when they turn away in a mean way. It's wishing ill on somebody. It's being filled with contempt. Because I believed that I was better than most people and that I could get away with anything. People are really important. And it's really important that the way that you view yourself lines up with the way that God sees you so that you can respond to every single person instead of reacting to them. You have to be lined up with the Father. His voice is the best voice ever. <laughs> it's the best voice ever. There is no voice that compares. It doesn't matter what the boy that likes you says. It doesn't matter what the girls that don't like you say. His voice is the only voice that matters. Because when you get that, you will finally see the beauty in every single person including yourself. <laughs> I just have to say first, I was so completely overwhelmed in worship with just the purity that was flowing from you guys. The power flowing from you guys. That's heaven. It's in you. This is, I say it's a lot, like, I'm not gonna recognize this, but this is epic, you guys. This is like literally epic. This is how, this is how everything starts. It's just, you know, it doesn't matter if it's like a thousand people, at a gathering for 20, it doesn't matter. Like, individual hearts pursuing God, being changed by him, change the world. This is what's happening here. You guys saying with such purity and conviction and love and just perfect adoration, it was just so overwhelming. Um, so thank you for having me here. I feel really honored to be with you guys. What he's doing in you guys is gonna shift the whole church. That's gonna shift your whole community. This is a really big deal.
This starts with you. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I don't know like you guys. You're a really big deal. Your lives are super loud. So thank you for having us with you. Um, yeah, when Rachel told me what tonight, she asked me to talk with her and just told me what her thought for the night was in high school story. <laughs> um, the first thing that came to mind for me, honestly, was just how completely lonely high school was. High school was probably one of the most painful times of my life. I had a lot of really close friends. I was the one that would pursue people. Um, I had a lot of people I loved, but it wasn't reciprocated. And a lot of people just completely abandoned me. They didn't move. They were still in my school, but they just decided not to be friends anymore. And it all kind of happened. End of like middle school, start of high school. Um, it was really confusing. I, at the time, I also didn't know I could talk with God. I loved Jesus with everything in me. I just wanted to know him, but I didn't know how. I didn't know I could hear his voice. I didn't know he made me to hear his voice. So I just knew that I was the common denominator. In all these relationships ending, I was the common denominator. So I thought it was me. And I lived for so many years just with this pain that I like completely define how I saw myself. When you believe a lie about yourself, it causes you to assume wrong things about other people too. It completely twists the way you see. It opens up your life to more attack. It's not just that lie. It becomes magnified and you become consumed. High school was like, I mean, I still had like really amazing solid friends. Like God provided, you know, he knows our needs. He never overlooks a need ever. He provided in really beautiful ways for all my needs. Provided really solid friendships. Um, but there was still that pain and that rejection that was on repeat. So we can hear God's voice for people. He loves it when we partner with him. There's also an enemy who tries to get you to partner with him on an attack on other people too. Contempt would be an example. Um, just like based on like, you know, just this conversation tonight, that would be one example, right? All these people walking out of my life, I don't know how much of it was in the natural, how much was in the spiritual, but regardless, it was a repeated occurrence that the enemy tries to create into a truth when it's really a lie. Um, not everything you feel is real. Re it's not truth. Not, you are not everything you feel. I felt alone. I felt abandoned, rejected. I felt inadequate a lot. That's not true at all. It's, in fact, it's the opposite of the truth. It's a lie. Because God has accepted me. He was literally rejected so that I could be accepted and wake up every day knowing I'm accepted. Yeah. I'm just trying to, like, there's so, much, so many places I could go, but I just want to like, go where he wants to go.
So we were talking about this on the way here. I was listening to a talk by Dan Muller a couple days ago, and it was just really good. He was just saying that sometimes you don't need prayer. You just need truth. Sometimes you don't need ministry. You just need truth. A couple days ago, just all of a sudden, I just got slammed with these stupid feelings, right? And I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> this feels awful. So I know it's not me. It's not you. I just need help because this feels really real. Right? Not everything we think is our own thoughts. Not everything inside your head is your own thoughts. It can be you, it can be God, it can be demonic. So that's what we get to do is take, take thoughts captive. Ask God, what, what, what's happening right now? Is there truth in this? Is this of you? We get to ask him for everything. That's how it works to take thoughts captive. So I was just processing that with him, and I was just like thinking through conversations in my mind, and I'm just like, well, maybe I could text, because my husband's name is AJ. Well, maybe I could text AJ and just have him to pray for me, because I'm feeling really discouraged. And then that thought came back to my mind, I don't need prayer, I need truth. I'm like, okay, so God, what's the truth? And literally, it's that simple, just like reject the lie, stand in the truth. It's literally that simple, because God has already accomplished everything so that we can live every day knowing who he is, knowing who we are and that there's no ambiguity. His love is unambigu unambiguous. His love is clear. And his love is so powerful. Yeah, he can, he, he's literally already done it. So that's what we get to learn to live from all the time, is that victory, right? And he's so good, like over the years, right, he just, he brought this stuff up at the right times and completely healed it. Um, during that whole process, I was still perfect. I was still whole. I was still healed in process because Jesus already accomplished everything. I already am who he says I am. I'm not, it's not a destination we reach. It's who we are now that we get to live from and claim now. So it's just this crazy paradox, right? Like, yeah, we're people and we have made mistakes, but we're perfect. So if you view yourself as a person who makes mistakes, you're just going to make mistakes. If you view yourself as perfect, you become like Jesus and being perfect. We're already like him, but it's just, mindset is really important. So we get to, yeah, we get to take thoughts captive with God and it changes everything. So he brought me to this verse today as I was like, finally talking with him about like what to actually... Um, I think I'm good. Yeah, just a little feedback. I have one in here. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, he brought me to this verse in um, 2 Corinthians. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll go there. And like, then I'm like, whoa, that's why he brought me there. It blew my mind. Christ is not weak or feeble in his dealings with you, but mighty and powerful within you. For although he was crucified, crucified as a weakling, now he lives robed with God's power. And we also are weak ones in our co-crucifixion with him, but now we live in God's triumphant power together with him, which is demonstrated on your behalf. Now your souls will be strengthened and healed if you hold steadfast to your faith. Haven't you already experienced Jesus Christ himself living in you? And I'm just like, whoa, like literally God became weak. You know, he took everything that I was feeling on himself <laughs> so, and like killed it so that I could just be what he feels and thinks about me. And it's totally new. But yeah, like, I was just pretty amazed at that divine, like, reversal today. All the crap, he literally killed it. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to put the verse up from Ephesians? Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. Don't even associate with the servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth to them. Whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. And everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. I used to read this and don't even associate with servants of darkness. Robin and I have talked about this before. Toxic people. <laughs> Horrible phrase. Totally terrible. Yep. Mm -mm. <laughs> don't nope. Go don't. So <laughs> servants of darkness, to me now as I'm reading this, it can mean voices that come in to our brain that aren't Jesus, so that are demonic in nature. And when we have something that's demonic in nature, there's no fruit in that, right? Because the, the fruit that will be seen in us, the supernatural fruit that will be seen in us is righteousness, goodness, truth, and the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So anything that is a servant of darkness tries to get us to not think like that. But like Robin was saying, Jesus took all of that crap and died with it so that it is finished. So that when you say yes to Jesus, you get these supernatural fruits. You become perfect in his sight. Servants of darkness is not people. People are not your problem. There is an, an invitation open for us to become like Jesus. Jesus was the best friend ever. He saw people for their heart, not for their actions. And he pursued them on a soul connection that, that would literally transform their entire future, history, past, everything. You are so important. You are so powerful. And like Robin was saying earlier, the things that, the purity in which you guys worship, it, it's literally how the world changes. <laughs> there is no better time than now to step in. Not tomorrow, not next month when you have your stuff together. No such thing. <laughs> That's why we need Jesus. He puts all of our stuff together. And there's no shame in it. It's so removed from that. If you ever feel bad about an action that you did, one, you can ask Jesus about it. 
but there's, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction leads you to an entire thought change. It will change your life. Condemnation sounds like shame and guilt. It actually makes you feel worse about yourself. That's how you know, very clear, that's the devil, okay? Super, super simple. The way that you treat yourself is really important, and the way that you treat others is really important. And the only way you can treat others and yourself with any type of love is to be connected with the Father's heart and voice for you. So like Robin was saying, you have been perfected through the death of Jesus. Not even the death, like he died with all of our sin. He became sin. Like, I don't know if you can even imagine how heavy that would be. On the day that you felt the worst ever about yourself, he took all of that times every single person that's ever going to live. In one day. That's a lot. But he knew he was going to win. He's eating the pen, I know. <laughs> Whatever. Ink pen. <laughs> Can we turn it around? <laughs> so he died with all of that, and then he rose. <clears throat> and now he's above all of that. And he invites us above all of that. He's no longer concerned about you sinning. It, it is possible that you can sin. It's possible. But it's not because you do not have the choice to not sin anymore. Before, you were in darkness. And then when you said yes to Jesus, you became light. So yes, there is opportunity to sin. But you have been given the choice to say yes to that or no. Yeah, you have to go out of your way to sin. Yeah. You've been given a new nature. You live in a completely new order. You live under a new government. You live under a new kingdom. Your new creations. Your new nature is pure. Yeah. You have to go out of your way to sin. Yeah. It's not a part of you. Yeah. It's not a part of your thinking. You don't have a sin nature anymore. It yes. was killed on the cross. So you yes. don't have to try to fix it. Yeah. You don't have to try to fix yourself up because he already healed you. He already made you perfect. He already made you blameless. And to, it was to his delight. He died for you because he loved you, because he valued you, not just to get rid of your sin. Yep. Like he died, he came because he loves you. He came because like, he couldn't contain himself. He couldn't, like there's a song, like you know, he couldn't imagine heaven without us. That's why he came, because he loves us. Not to, I mean, he also crushed the enemy, like he kicked butt. You know, and he's still, like, now he's teaching us to kick butt every single day. And that's, like, really satisfying, too. But that's not, like, that was not the ultimate reason. It was love. Yeah. Everything he does flows from love. And he really loves you. Does anyone here feel like they don't know that kind of love? And do you want to? 
sounds ready. <laughs> Have you ever seen his eyes, how they burned? Have you ever seen his face, how it shines? Have you ever seen his eyes, how they burn? They burn for you. Have you ever seen his eyes, how they burn? Have you ever seen his face, how it shines? Have you ever seen his eyes, how they burn? They burn for you. He deserves it all. Let him have it all. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Our God is an all-consuming fire. Oh, our God is an all-consuming fire. And he burns for you. He burns for you. That was a song written by another girl named Rachel, but just came to mind. It's just truth. He really loves you. Holy Ghost, we just thank you how you've set us up to experience yourself, to experience your presence, to experience your life, to experience your truth, to experience you as a person, as one of the Trinity, in ways we've never experienced you before. God, we just feel you're here with us. We just thank you that you're here with us. How your joy over us is unending. God, just the peace in your presence, but the fierceness of your love too. God, everything, we want it all. God, thank you that you've already given us everything. And Lord, we just ask that you would increase our understanding, that you would give us greater revelation of who you are and who we are right now. Yeah, Jesus, I just thank you that you created us to live like children flooded with revelation light. Even when we don't have words, you hear us. Father, you know every single heart condition that there is here. You know the broken, you know the lonely, you know the hurting, you know the abandoned. You were them. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing, for what you're stirring, for the perfection that you've made us to become.
I'm wondering if you guys could break up into groups of either two or three and just pray for each other. Um, yeah, God is with you. He's literally surrounding you and protecting you. He's given you his heart and his mind. So with his whole self, we get to pray for this other person. So I just encourage you to take a sec. You guys are going to say, I don't know, sit together, whether it's awkward or not. Just like sit silent together for a sec. Ask like God if there's anything he wants to say. If you don't feel like you're hearing anything, that's okay too. Just pray our truth, who God is, who they are, and just thank him for what he's done, you know, whatever comes to your heart.